Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. about life without judgment. We take a look at society, we examine it, and we allow for the possibility of something new, something different. And now, here's your host, Alan Ritter. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of An Emerging Forest. This is the Cinco de Mayo 2019 version of An Emerging Forest. And I have the great honor to be joined by two guests from Homedale, New Jersey, Olga Scher and Regina Groisberg. Hi, how are you? Hi, Alan. Hi. How are you? Thank you so great, much for great. having us and tonight. I talked to you, Olga, or chatted with you, and um, you have a uh, a cause, a movement uh, to, that you're starting that's um, something that I've been involved with in various ways over the years. So um, why don't you introduce uh, what your what your uh, goal is or um, what you're thinking about doing? With big pleasure. And first off, thanks so much for having us today on your uh, wonderful uh, radio station. Uh, we appreciate the time and also thanks to all of the uh, listeners. Uh, the cause that we are trying to advance uh, is called Pesticide-Free Home Delt. It's a group of citizens that we recently formed with Regina and uh, a few other committed residents who care about our environments. Uh, And uh, our goal is to uh, work with our township and our school district and the neighbors to implement safer and greener alternatives to pesticides that are being sprayed in our parks and lawns and athletic fields. And while we start this in our town, we're really hoping to spread this beyond and work with other townships uh, to help other citizens who also care about it to uh, make this happen. 
So um, it's very interesting that you're on here on Cinco de Mayo uh, because you told me before we got started that you actually have an event um, coming up in a few days. Do you care to talk about that event? Yeah, that is correct. We have our kickoff meeting in six days on May 11th, and we encourage everyone uh, to attend because it will be a very important meeting where we're going to discuss our next steps. Uh, I feel that many people are on the same page with us already that it's really not necessary to spray any chemical solutions on our grass. There are so many uh, safer alternatives out there. Um, So the awareness is there already for the most part. Uh, And we are ready to really jump into action and see what we can do to find that solution-based way to uh, actually implement it. So on May 11th at 10 a.m., we will be getting together at Bell Works in Homedale um, in the Homedale Library. Uh, And the address there is 101 Crawford's Corner Road, uh, room 2110 in Homedale. And the meeting is ten is at ten o'clock. Uh, we are hoping for a good turnaround uh, because it would be great to have that critical mass of um, caring uh, people, you know, before we go and speak with our uh, township leaders. So that's yeah, a that's a, that's the, a great date. Oh, oh go ahead. I was just going to say that both Olga and I have children in the Homedale School District, and I think that's what uh, triggered us initially um, to want to get started with this. We are certainly not um, recreating the wheel here. Uh, There have been successful um, initiatives like this one throughout the United States, um, different school districts, including huge universities, in our state and out of our state. So it's not something new. I don't think um, there are a lot of people opposing it. It's really about getting things going and, you know, um, having the public back us, which is important for people to show up to this meeting and, you know, show up in mass so that we know that we're all on the same page about what we want for our township. Yes, it's very it's very good to let people know that that you're as you said you're not reinventing the wheel because uh, a lot of uh, municipalities will will look at you uh, as if you're uh, um, doing something strange or quote unquote illegal. But when you come to the table and basically say, okay, it's been implemented in our state by the following universities and also the following municipalities already, and across the United States, it's been implemented by the following prestigious organizations, uh, it's, it's a completely different uh, approach or a completely different uh, um, the, thing um so that's sort that is of absolutely uh, and, correct. and, and yeah. that's sort of a it's sort of a less um 
it's sort of a less and I mean I don't like to antagonize municipalities any more than I have to, but it's a uh, a less it's a less um, you you leave them a little bit less room to roll their eyes and and hum and haw when you say. Right. Well, gee, uh, Rutgers impl- or or an exa- as an example, so and so implemented this, um, and gee, uh, or or you could or you could actually get uh, call that those locations and say, could we have your protocols for how you do this? Or you could suggest that right. as a result of gaining momentum, you would be able to make those calls because it's always uh, it's always easy to. Um, yeah get the uh get the uh protocols there's actually a national campaign uh that has started by uh, stony field um and their campaign really focuses on the same thing that we are focusing on um, which is we don't want our children playing in fields that are covered in pesticides um and they've really made it a national campaign where huge municipalities um, that never thought about the subject have now converted to non-toxic methods to control pests and uh, overgrowth and things like that. Um, And one of the major organizations that they are relying on for uh, reference and guidance is non-toxic neighborhoods. And um, you can go online, www.nontoxicneighborhoods.com, and there's a massive amount of information on that a website to help both citizens and municipalities and school districts to kind of guide us how to do this. So by no means is this something that we've come up with, you know, out of the blue. And I certainly agree with you that um, the less abrasive and aggressive of an approach that we can have uh, when approaching uh, the township, uh, the better. Um, and especially when there's precedence there um, with uh, major uh, townships, municipalities, you know, the, it, there's a huge school districts that have converted, including Yale and Harvard. And obviously, you know, these places have looked at the financial benefits, the health benefits, um, uh, the implications in terms of how we convert all these landscaping um, procedures. So if they've been able to do it, certainly we ha- we can. And Homebell's slogan is, uh, you know, uh, innovation for excellence. So if, if by no other means, then we should certainly be able to innovate such a basic thing like having our children play in healthy lawns. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I agree with Regina 100%. I mean, the movement is out there and it's uh, big, you know, and it's very uh, inspiring. And even in New Jersey, there are so many great precedents already. Uh, uh, Township of Chatham implemented organic programs in their town last year. And as far as I know, it's uh, uh, been it very successfully. Uh, I don't think we will be getting much opposition from the township, and we kind of already started the talks a little bit, and there are enough supporting people within our town committees who uh, uh, we expect to be on board with us. It's more uh, about raising this matter to 
make it a priority. Uh, mm-hmm. I reviewed our town's um, uh, stormwater management policy, which realizes all of the dangers of the pesticide spraying on the lawns and actually calls to people to reduce spraying. I mean, it's all already in the official documents. Uh, it's more about finding practical solutions and implementing them. I think we're all ready for the next step. Yes, I, I, I agree. So I have a caller who's jumped on, and I think I'll bring that caller in. Hi, caller. Okay. How are you? Uh, this I'm look I'm talking to the three oh seven three seven one number. Okay. Hi everyone. Just as a general announcement, this is a live broadcast show. We are uh not pre recorded. The number to call if you wish to speak on the air is six four six five six four ninety seven fourteen. And to the party that I just uh, spoke with uh, just now, I will be getting back to you at the bottom of the hour. So please continue to listen uh, because we uh, sort of had organized this for for uh, questions after the break at the bottom of the hour. Thank you so much for calling in, and I will get back to you. So... I think we already know the the issue that caused you to organize this it's an issue it's a, it's a toxicity issue uh, but do you want to add any words about um, any uh, uh, events in your life uh, that caused you to uh, quote unquote uh, actually become an act, become active in this area I could speak to that. Um... I have six acres in Homedale, and um, a few years ago, I uh, got into beekeeping as a hobby, um, and also because I have large gardens, um, and I strongly believe that if you are able and willing, uh, keeping bees is um, a rewarding uh, hobby and also beneficial for the entire community. Um, and when I started keeping my bees, um, one of the summers, suddenly all my bees died. And we couldn't figure it out. Um, there was no pests. There was no obvious disease. And it had turned out that my neighbors uh, had uh, done massive uh, spraying um, in the beginning of the summer. And... I assume, or I guess, because I can't prove it, of course, but I assume that it had something to do with it because other uh, people who keep bees say that any time that their um, neighbors are spraying with pesticides, it strongly affects their bee population. Um, And, you know, I don't need to say why bees are important to us, but, you know, they pollinate almost 80% of the food that we eat. So that's one thing that triggered me. Um, and then of course I have three uh, young daughters um, that play in our parks and 
say in my lawn, um, and I really would love for that not to be a concern of mine on a regular basis. You know, I want them to just be playing in nature and not worry about possible carcinogens and neurological uh, effects that these pesticides may have. Wow. Yep. That's, uh, it's yeah, unfortunately, we also lost a beehive due to the same issue. We had a beehive, and um, sadly, all of my na- neighbors around our house spray their lawns uh, because we do see those little flags, you know, that, they, that the um, companies are required to put up by law. Um, they only, mm-hmm. I think, have to stay for three days by law, uh, but uh, they pop up there uh, periodically. And uh, we also have so many pet owners in our town. I do hear stories from people of dogs getting sick and uh, doctors actually confirming that the sickness is a result of spraying. Um, Just, you know, it feels like people are uh, realizing, but uh, due to the convenience of having their contracts with the landscapers in place, just not willing to consider switching or not realizing the uh, gravity of the issue, uh, I'm, I'm not sure um, what the situation is. So that's that's another thing. It would it's it's great to just have these conversations in the um, with the neighbors, you know, to. Uh, get that message across to them that it's really not a hard thing to do, you know, to consider switching to something less harmful. And uh, I, I, we, yeah, go ahead, Richa. Sorry, Olga. I, I was just going to say that I, I think a lot of it is complacency. I, I don't think that people willingly want to spray toxins um, into their yards. They also have children and you know, family members and pets, um, just as a, you know, uh, a personal issue that, the, you know, for them, if they even don't consider the grander issues of spraying pesticides, when they spray Roundup in their yard, they likely don't realize that it'll stay in that ground for up to seven years. So even if they stop spraying today, it would take time for the ground to clear itself of um, all these pesticides. And I think the lack of knowledge um, and the lack of attention to this issue is the reason why it's continuing. I'm fairly certain that if all the families were aware of the risks of spraying Roundup and uh, pesticides like Roundup, um, they would gladly have a conversation with their landscaper and I encourage everybody to just start that conversation and you'll be surprised how open your landscaper will be uh, to offering you alternatives and later in the show I can uh, give uh, some pointers of what you could do today um, to stop using Roundup and I'll even give you a recipe, a quick, easy recipe that kills poison ivy and brush and things that you don't want in your yard necessarily. Yeah. We actually, on our website, we have a whole list of companies and remedies uh, that are 
very potent and very uh, practical that people can use. Um, the website is uh, pesticidefreehomedel.org. Uh, if you uh, go on it, you will see all of those uh, companies listed. And I think one big misconception out there is people think that organic lawn care is much more expensive, which is not true at all. Uh, in our resources tab, we have a study uh, listed which shows that the natural lawn management program uh, can result in savings greater than 25% compared to conventional if you maintain it consistently over two, three years. And I've also noticed so that we... Go ahead. Go ahead. I've also noticed that in our township and just generally Monmouth County and the surrounding areas, there are a lot of new lawn care companies that are opening and have been actually open uh, for several years that specifically target natural lawn care, and that's all they mm -hmm. offer. Um, and they're fairly mm -hmm. successful. Um, I just this season started interviewing people, and there are dozens of companies out there. They're, so obviously they are finding the customers um, to make their companies successful. So it's not that people don't want to do this. It's that people don't even think to ask. So I'm hoping programs like this one will shine a light on this issue and start a conversation. So I think we talked about several of the questions uh, that I was going to get into uh, just in the, in the flow of our conversation, but can you give me, so basically it's tradition. It's uh, what we've done for many years. It's just the way things are. And, uh, what has happened recently is there's actually been some court cases that have gone through which are beginning to show the liabilities associated with uh, these pesticides. And Oh, yes. They're currently uh, about yeah, there was the, uh, thousands there was a, of class action very, lawsuits. From, yeah. yeah, there was a very large court case in California uh, where a landscaper – uh, was given a very large award uh, for, um, for from the makers of Roundup. Yeah, uh, it was in March. So, the verdict was about $80 million. Uh, yeah. It was, it was so, 289 and $80 million. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very – it's something that municipalities uh, kind of have on their radar because they know that, I mean, anytime there's a, uh, a dollar cost liability associated with something that they're doing, uh, they have it on their radar, but they just don't have it on their priority list. And for someone to Correct. bring it yeah. on to, on, so for someone to say, well, this precedent already exists and we're going to bring it onto your priority list. How the the best way to do that is um, is actually to do it in a friendly way, and it's basically to say, well, I knew I know you guys are going to have to get to this sooner or later, uh, but we'd like to get to it sooner 
So let's have a friendly conversation about how we're going to do that. And to actually, I, I mean, you could just show up at a, at a municipal meeting without preparing the ground and telling folks you're going to be there. Um, but you could totally prepare them uh, that you're going to show up by possibly even giving them your agenda and maybe even talking to them and having, quote, unquote, uh, support amongst their numbers to the uh, extent that they might say, hey, why don't you not show up in June, but we'll actually give you time on the agenda in July or August. That would be, you know, a much more um, – Something that would be uh, because they know it's coming. I mean, you—it's called mm -hmm. "quote unquote." You know that they know that this is coming, and it—it's just a piece of business that they have to get through. So right. you're just pushing it up the uh, up the priority list. Absolutely, and thank you for bringing it up. This is our um, agenda for the May 11th meeting. Uh, to discuss that, uh, how and when uh, we will be approaching township um, with this uh, proposal. Yeah, we definitely want to make it easy for the township to say yes and to move forward um, with creating a pesticide-free home zone. Um, so I totally agree with you that setting it up, uh, setting the foundation up, letting them know in advance so they have the time uh, for us and they also have uh, any questions prepared um, that may that they may have for us to answer. So it's literally doing the groundwork to find out who on who on council is already at, already a leaning your way or maybe already wants to go in this direction. And then actually going and meeting with that person or persons and basically saying, okay, in your eyes, uh, what's next? Or how do we, how do we get this um, moving so that it's, um, it's, actually a, it's actually somewhat of a cooperative effort? Now, it, it may – the danger of that is – it might appear to be cooperative, but they might be stonewalling. But I think that it's best to um, to try it uh, as a cooperative effort. Yes, I, I, I definitely agree that uh, doing this cooperatively um, and systematically would uh, give us the highest chance of success to get this done quickly. Uh, I don't think anybody wants this drawn out. Uh, I and I think Olga agrees with me. Don't think that there's much opposition uh, for this issue. It's really just like you said, um, you know, part of business that needs to be addressed um, and implemented. And I think that such a positive program would be a great thing to have implemented. Um, especially with uh, the, you know, elections coming up. I'm sure that people want positivity and um, innovative programs, in, uh, you know, uh, in our township. 
So I think that uh, as long as we do it correctly, just like you said, and um, organize, I think that it should be a successful program. Agreed. And we live in this very beautiful green uh, rural community with so many farms and people gardening, and I think everyone will be uh, feeling this positive impact. This will affect all of us in a very good way. So, Olga, before we go to break, would you please summarize the, uh, the meeting time and location and your website? Absolutely. So the meeting will be happening on May 11th, which is Saturday at 10 a.m., and it will be taking place at Bell Works in Homedale, the Homedale Library, 101 Crawford's Corner Road, room uh, 2110. And uh, we invite everyone to visit our website uh, to learn about resources and happenings in our progress and see how you can use all of that to start your own movements in your communities. And the name of the website is pesticidefreehomedel.org. Great. And now I'm going, now we're going to take a very short um, bottom of the hour break. And a song I like to play is Dave the Bard's how and tell. Be back in a couple minutes, folks. Take no scorn to wear the horn. It was the crest when you were born. Your father's father wore it, and your father wore it too. Day or to welcome in 
tune in to International Pagan Radio. You can hear your favorite artists such as Dave the Bard, Tuatha Dea, Spiral Rhythm, S.J. Tucker, Murphy's Midnight Rounders, and many, many more. Join us for exciting shows like Ask a Witch and Storytime with Rook as well. www.internationalpaganradio.com on the net or on TuneIn Radio on your mobile devices. Join us on Facebook and Twitter too. International Pagan Radio, all pagan, all the time. Welcome back to an emerging forest on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. We hope everyone was able to stretch their legs and get a drink. And now, back to Alan. Okay, so Olga, how do you feel about that we have that we have covered most of what you set out to cover in your uh in your summary? Uh do you think we've covered that well? Um I think and the only thing the only thing we haven't really covered uh so go ahead. I think we had um a good coverage and uh, covered uh, a, uh, a few very important things. Maybe one additional thing that I wanted to just briefly add, uh, mention uh, to add to what we discussed is um, uh, our uh, mindset currently that we have as, as a, uh, a society uh, worrying about this concept of a perfect lawn, you know, which just purely for aesthetic purposes, as we were discussing all of this, you know, harmful effects, I was just thinking in my head, you know, why are we doing all of this? It's just this uh, standard of having this perfectly manicured lawn uh, uh, being the only reason. I mean, we're not trying to fight any, you know, harmful weeds, you know, that can affect our health in any negative way. Um, and actually, contrary, contrary to what uh, some chemical companies may lead us to believe, there's usually really no reason to fertilize our lawns that often, you know. We can do it once a year, and uh, that could be enough. Um, I mean, weeds are not our enemies, you know. We uh, can actually learn a lot from them, you know. These this are all medicine foods that can bring lots of, benefits to our health so I just wanted to I don't want to go into this long conversation on this but just wanted to add this little you know um, um, blurb just to maybe invite people to consider that you know that there may be this other alternative way to uh, look at our lawns maybe as gardens you know that could be beneficial for our own well-being So would you summarize, um, you sort of talked about your website, um, Pesticide Free Homedale. Is there a dash between pesticide and free in the, uh, you are in the link? 
No, it's just one, one, uh, all one word. Pesticide. Okay. Free so it's basically, it's basically no, no spaces. Pesticide free. Holmdale. H O L M D E L. Uh, dot org. Uh, no spaces at all. Uh, so that's that's your yeah, that's your website. That is correct. And is there a uh, um, contact us uh, yes. a capability on that website? Yes, there is a contact us section uh, with our email address, our phone numbers, and also link to the face, uh, Facebook group. Um, uh, okay. It's a great Facebook group. There are lots of good resources also. Um, suggestions for uh, tick and mosquito management, which does not require any uh, pesticides or toxic solutions. So I encourage everyone to join the group uh, or sign up for, for our email list for updates. Okay, I'd like you to take this opportunity once again to uh, talk about the meeting, um, talk about the website, and give... Um, dates and times, et cetera, in a summary. Absolutely. The meeting is on May 11th, which is this coming Saturday at 10 a.m. will take place at Bellworks in Homedale, uh, at Homedale Library. The address is 101 Crawford's Corner Road, room 2110. And please um, attend if you can, because this is the uh, issue that affects all of us. We will be discussing our future steps, so it will be a very important meeting. And if you'd like to get in uh, touch with us, feel free to visit our website, pesticidefreehomedel.org. Uh, just one word, no spaces. And please join our group on Facebook, pesticidefreehomedel. Okay. Uh, should I bring out some callers with questions? Yes, please. Thank you. All right. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Uh, please ask ask your questions. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'm interested in switching to organic or uh, pesticide-free options for my lawn, but I just don't want to switch my landscape company. Uh, they've been my lawn care company for five years, so it's a hassle. Um, do you have any suggestions? Um, that's an awesome question. Uh, I think that a lot of people are going to have the same concern. Um, the great thing is that you don't need to switch uh, your landscaper. For the most part, most landscapers have already been offering organic solutions. And if they haven't, I'm sure that if you just bring it up to them, tell them what your concerns are, They'll be very familiar with these concerns. I'm sure they've been hearing it in the news with the recent lawsuits and all the health concerns and many townships, you know, making it um, uh, a policy not to have pesticides in their lawns. So lots of these lawn care companies uh, already offer things, and if they don't offer it outright, if you ask for it, they will make it happen for you. I actually recently spoke to my lawn care company, 
And uh, he is a traditional lawn care company, not necessarily specifically organic. Um, and I mentioned it to him and he said, well, actually starting this season, he's eliminated Roundup entirely from his uh, company and he just doesn't offer it anymore at all. And I suspect that's going to be the case for many companies in the future. So just go ahead and contact them and tell them, you know, you heard this radio um, uh, message and you decided that you want a healthier lawn. You don't want pesticides. Um, you have pets or children and uh, I'm sure they'll give you alternatives. Okay. I definitely will. I'm going to look into it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Good luck. Thanks. Hi, Adam. Uh, you're on the show. Uh, what questions do you have? Hi. How are you guys? Um, I just wanted to say that I think it's great that you're doing this. I think awareness is the most important thing. Most people don't know about what's going on and why why you need different things. And I just wanted to ask the question of how do you get rid of dandelions and clover in your grass? Um, hey, Adam, thanks so much for this question. And um, I'm very happy that you asked. Um, it goes back to something I mentioned just a few minutes ago. I think we're all a little bit over-obsessed with all of this monoculture grass on our lawns, uh, thinking that that's the only way to keep our lawns perfect. Um, uh, maybe we can just consider, you know, not getting rid of the uh, what we call weeds, you know, because um, they actually help to nurture our soil. And um, they do not necessarily... Uh, or outcompete the grass. Uh, uh, if the balance is correct, they actually help to uh, sequester the water for uh, anything that grows on the lawn and bring in nutrients and nitrogen. Um, I would just let them be. Uh, clovers and dandelions and chickweeds are actually look very pretty on the lawn if the lawn is nicely trimmed and. Uh, um, I don't think they're a problem aesthetically. So Thank you very I much. Say if you're, I would say if you're, um, if you need, if you absolutely need a lawn and you can't uh, coexist uh, with um, these uh, uh, things other than uh, grass, uh, there are several solutions. Uh, I believe you can find recipes for uh, Epsom salts, vinegar, and water, uh, which is uh, going to eliminate those uh, those plants. Uh, they might also eliminate the grass a little bit. Um, but the the other thing that would be interesting is to uh, think about. Uh, I mean. From my perspective, if I wanted to eliminate dandelions, I would eat them. Uh, they are so dandelions, cl uh, clover, and uh, chickweed, as Olga mentioned, are edible. Uh, you probably would want to take a foraging class or uh, become more familiar so that you do uh, 
identify those uh, those items 100%. I think dandelions are pretty easy to identify 100%, and so is clover. But I the reason the reason I'm speaking up is because I do like to offer people. Um, if, I mean, if they're if they're going to have a lawn and they want it all to be grass. I'd like to offer a solution to actually eliminate the the um, the, the plant that is offending them uh, without using uh, Roundup or or other um, other pesticides. I agree. I agree. I also think that the main plant that people want to get rid of is poison ivy, right? I mean, I think that's a detrimental plant to have on your property. Um, I can actually speak to that. Uh, I had massive quantities of poison ivy on the property that I purchased a few years back. Uh, it had been uh, sitting untouched for many years. Um, so when I bought it, it was covered in poison ivy. And as I mentioned earlier, I have three young daughters, and that was an issue for me. So I did a lot of um, research and a lot of testing, and I found the perfect recipe that eliminated all my very established poison ivy. And here it is. Uh, you take three cups of vinegar and half a cup of salt. You can use Epsom salt. If you don't have it on hand, just regular salt will work. Uh, put it on the stove, heat it up, make sure all the salt is dissolved. Let it cool to room temperature and add a tablespoon of Dawn. Put that in a garden sprayer, the same type of sprayer they use for Roundup. Um, they sell it for $10 on Amazon. You can just buy it and refill it over and over again. Um, all these ingredients are extremely inexpensive. And you spray directly on the leaves of the plants. You repeat the process again in a week, and usually that will kill all of the poison ivy plants. If you have an extremely established uh, plant, you may have to come back a third time. But for the most part, two applications has killed all the poison ivy on my six acres. Regina, uh, would you summarize that and please include the quantity of water in the pot on the stove? Yes. Actually, I have found that straight vinegar is the only effective um, recipe that will kill the poison ivy. Poison ivy and poison oak happens to be extremely um, virulent and will not die <laughs> uh, unless you do full vinegar. Um, so it, this is the recipe once more. It is three cups of white vinegar heated on the stove with half a cup of salt. It could be Epsom salt or table salt uh, if you don't have Epsom salt. Once it's fully dissolved, bring that back down to room temperature and add one tablespoon of Dawn. Mix that up, put it in a sprayer, spray directly on the leaves of the plant and repeat the process again in a week. Be careful because if you spray it on um, plants that you want to live, those plants will also die. So just spray it directly onto the poison ivy plant. Okay, so uh, my mistake, you, you, there's no water in the recipe at all, right? Not at all, no. Okay, so it's basically vinegar, salt, 
and then uh, post-heating, you're adding a small amount of uh, Dawn. Right. The Dawn is really only there uh, so that the solution, the vinegar solution sticks to the leaves. If, if you don't add the yes. Dawn, it'll just wash right off. Yes. Well, here we are, and it's 12 minutes to the hour. <laughs> this is um, this is uh, just a show that is so in line with an emerging forest. Uh, and I've actually been involved in several campaigns uh, uh, that were uh, basically awareness uh, raising. And it's interesting to see that over time, uh, this has gone from being a cause uh, that's very contentious with municipalities to one that um, they, while there still meet, might be some traditional uh, contention, because there's always traditional contention from any source of change, uh, any source of uh, uh, changing traditions, et cetera, et cetera. It's now something that is uh, uh, much clearer that it needs to happen. So I think, I think that um, it's just going to be, I, I think that you, you both should just approach it not from, hey, I'm doing something weird, but from a perspective of um, this is just something that needs to happen, and it's uh, something that we're going to work on in the next X number of months, and um, the town is going to change its overall policy, right? Right, absolutely I, correct, I, yeah. We don't think that... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I would. I do not have this feeling of weirdness at all. We are just basically trying to convey the message that the health of our children, pets, and pets and wildlife is more important than weed control. And I don't think anyone is really questioning it at this point. The movement is there. It's very inspiring. There are so many positive results out there. It's just a matter of time, really. I was going to say that um, people who move to a town like Holmdale move here for one of several reasons, but the top reasons, I think, are school districts um, and having our families raised in a clean air, um, green, you know, full of parks and wildlife and surrounded by fresh food and farms. That's why we came to live here. Um, many, mm -hmm. many people in Holmdale and towns like Holmdale have moved from the city, uh, which is just, you know, covered in all kinds of pollutants and other toxins. And we've moved here to escape that. So it's ironic that some of us are continuing to engage in practices 
that introduce toxins into the very environment that we are trying to live a non-toxic life. Um, and I mm-hmm. think, again, it's that going back to the complacency. They just don't know better. They don't know to ask or uh, to engage in that conversation. And uh, more programs like this one will help um, put the conversation out there. And I think it will be a natural transition for most families, most school districts and municipalities. I agree. So, Olga, would you um, give sort of an outgoing uh, message of uh, what you what your you know the the whole the whole message uh, basically in the last few minutes? We're just calling out to people to engage you know, and to start participating in this more actively, to reconsider their own use of lawn care that they're currently using, to visit our website, to join our meeting, to see what they can implement in their own communities, to speak to their town officials and voice that this is an important issue. Um, I think it's time to move past just theoretical discussions. I agree. And um, Olga, you wanna you wanna tell everybody about the meeting one more time before? Absolutely. Uh, so we are meeting on May May 11th is our kickoff meeting, 10 a.m. at Bell Works, Homedale Library, 101 Crawford's Corner Road, room 2110. Again, this is at 10 a.m. this coming Saturday. Please come, and um, we will discuss our uh, next steps. Well, thank you so much both for uh, being here tonight. Uh, Olga, do you want to talk about, uh, actually, Regina, do you want to give uh, a little biography of uh, who you are? And uh, then I'll ask Olga to do the same thing. Sure. Um, I am a registered nurse. I moved to uh, Holmdale approximately four years ago. I have three daughters, uh, six, three, and six months old. Um, I have a mini farm on my property, which is very unusual for Holmdale, with goats and chickens and bees and all that. And I am an activist for all things that are right for our township and where we live. And that certainly includes um, our environment and the health of our children. Olga? I am a resident of Homedale as well, a mother of two children. Uh, I'm an attorney and I'm also a managing director of an educational uh, organization called Antinankarat Art School, uh, and we promote all kinds of ecological and environmental causes through uh, by educating kids and uh, working on uh, all kinds of uh, environmental and preservation projects. Thank you uh, to our listeners. Uh, 
once again, the meeting that Olga wants you to come to is literally this coming Saturday at 10 a.m. And so this is a uh, basically a very auspicious time for this uh, talk to happen, this uh, interview to happen. And thank you all for listening to this uh, show of An Emerging Forest on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. An Emerging Forest represents increasing fertility uh, planet-wide, increasing uh, diversity of offerings, uh, not necessarily the offerings that you like, but the increasing uh, diversity of offerings is based on an improvement in fertility. So fertility is a fertility of the mind, and a fertility of the mind is reflected in fertility in the environment, and then the, the environment is consumed by the uh, by the creatures, by ourselves, and a cycle begins where diversity is just the natural outcome of our understanding of nature and our uh, our wish to uh, not rule nature, but our wish to be uh, a, a cooperative part of nature. And one way to think about this is to say, uh, what is the size of my body? And I always used to think that my body was limited to uh, inside of my skin. But then I said, well, where does my food come from? And my food comes from the land and from the air and from the rain. So if that, uh, if those uh those uh, parts of the ecosystem aren't treated uh, with the respect that I would like to see them treated, is that actually uh, attacking or uh, doing something uh, to my body? And so that's just a, uh, a concept that I'm throwing out that might be uh, interesting to some of the people that are listening. And of course, it's not reflected of, of the opinions of my guests. So, Olga, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having us tonight, Alan. Uh, Regina, thank you so much for being on the show. And, uh, Olga, please uh, give the uh, meeting time and your website one more time. The meeting is on May 11th. At 10 o'clock, which is this coming Saturday, at Bellworks, Comdell Library, 101 Crawford's Corner Road, room 2110. Our website is pesticidefreehomebell.org. Thank you all for listening to this show. Thank you for listening in post-recorded uh, form on YouTube. And thank you very much for going to the meeting uh, this coming Saturday. 
And once again, uh, thank you for to my guests, and thank you also to the listeners and uh, the callers who ask questions. Have a great night, and see you next week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.